I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. Yeah, you know, it's a system default. It's Helvetica. I, you're not supposed to like it, right? You're not supposed to have an opinion about it. It should just be, it's just, it's just there. Episode 68, March 2015. In this episode, Scott Savary, product designer at Facebook, talks about his favorite typefaces, Gotham, choosing typefaces and pairing them, and also shares his opinions about iOS using Helvetica. This episode was sponsored by the Draplin Design Company and Field Notes. Can you tell us a couple of your favorite typefaces and when to use them best? So lately, um... I've been really liking uh, Avenir, um, and it's not like it's like you know super unheard of or unique typeface or something. But um, I've been working on a couple side projects, and instead of um, on side projects like iOS projects, and instead of using um, just the default Helvetica, I've been switching it to Avenir, and it just like is giving the app so much more personality. Um, so there's something in interface design where like. You know, iPhone apps tend to look like iPhone apps when they are using like Helvetica because it's like the system default. And you know, I find it even more prevalent with um, Android apps. Like you almost have to use Roboto, um, or else it just really like it starts to not look like a like an Android app. But um, you know, breaking out of these kind of weird uh, like system level constraints uh, is also kind of nice and can like give give the app some some kind of like personal branding especially like you know for example if you want to have like a really minimalist kind of app the, the only way you can really brand it is by using like a certain typeface so you know Avenir has some nice like kind of characteristics to it I'm not um, I haven't like to, to, to be honest though and say that I've been exploring with tons of typefaces lately would be a lie because I mean Really, like at work right now, like at Facebook, it's it's Helvetica or Roboto, and there's no even like options for for exploration, right? But yeah, I mean, you know, headlines. I generally like to use like some kind of like very expressive typefaces, or like um, you know, we used Clan on this one project, which was like has the most personality ever. It's really like, well, it it has like the widest range of 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 weights, um, and if you go all the way to the heavy. And it's like funky and kind of curvy and like playful. And then if you go on the light and with the same typeface, it's it looks kind of clean and professional and, and perfect. Um, so that's like another typeface I really liked using. Um, all right, maybe a couple of other typefaces uh, you liked using in the past. I mean, you can never go wrong with like Garamond. I think it's just like it looks classic. I use uh, Meta a lot, and that's you know. Sounds obvious or something, but I think it's like really great for body copy and the headlines for you know for that matter. You can use like Metasans or um, like the Serif version and kind of they pair really nicely together. Can you maybe choose one of your favorite typefaces and tell us more about it? So maybe we have a look at Gotham. You know, it's a kind of like a modern sans serif, and it. I remember like when you know first using it. Um, just thinking that it was like the perfect typeface and it's so beautiful and it has like, you know, all the different weights that you need and all the different characters that you need. And, you know, certainly like Hoffman Ferrer Jones did like a really, really great job with this typeface. But it seems to have become like so insanely overused. Like it seems to have become like a default now where like this kind of, you know, humanist but geometric 
kind of sans serif typeface is just kind of ubiquitous with like early designers or like you know using like student work and, and stuff like that and then you have like for the longest time it wasn't available as a web font and so Proxima Nova came about and this was kind of a bit of a bastardized version of it um, which you know I think it feels like it's kind of died out a little bit now but there was a good two to three years where like every single website was was using it any new you know startup website or anyone any designer's portfolio I mean I'm guilty of using it as well because it 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 kind of has all the character like I think it has a lot of the characteristics that people really like about Helvetica but it's not Helvetica so it's different and you know you don't you don't feel like you've chosen a default font like Helvetica if you're if you're ever concerned about that I think and I don't know I think there are two kind of trains of thought when it comes to people like deciding on what typeface to use and, and or forming their opinions on it and you know you have like a guy like Massimo Benelli who would say you can have 12 fonts and never need another font or you can be of the opinion that you know like that the typeface should communicate something more than just the content and should give you know infuse some kind of feeling or some personality or some you know, give give something to to uh, something extra to the to the medium whether it's print or a website or an app and I, I think I tend to be more on that side, probably. People don't really think about the type that they're using a lot. And at some point, uh, you know, when you uh, are just kind of looking around at, like, you know, you're on Site Inspire or, you know, reading, like, design magazines, and you see it over and over and over and over and over again, you start to question, like, whether people have used it because it really made sense for their project or because it's a nice typeface and they've seen it all over the place. Okay, everybody, my name is Aaron James Draplin. Just got done telling you about my whole life. Uh, the good, the bad, the gross, the ugly, the weird, the sinister, the awesome. And now you need to go to draplin.com and buy some killer merch. Draplin.com backslash merch and things that you need, right? Okay, you need to go there and look at this stuff. And then when you're done with that, you need to go to fieldnotesbrand.com and get some memo books. We'll ship them anywhere. If you're listening to this in Vienna, Austria, or Vienna, Illinois, hell, wherever that is, we will we'll ship them there too, okay? Fieldnotesbrand.com. You need these things. $9.95 for a three-pack. Would you pay for coffee today, right? Right, right? You need this stuff. So draplin.com, fieldnotesbrand.com. And, uh, yeah, those are, the, those are the only two links you need in your life. There you go. Do you use modular scale sometimes? Um, yeah, I've explored it a little bit. It's pretty, it's pretty neat. We, um, the one project I worked on at, at Eden Speaker Room, the type was set in, in that way. Um, rbmaradio.com. Uh, what's your process of choosing the right typeface or typefaces for the job? Well, it's not, it's not very like special or anything. I usually go on type websites like Typekit or, um, you know, um, my fonts, etc. Any, you know, any typefaces, and I'll and I'll kind of look for cool foundries, or I'll go to like some some foundries that I know or whatever. And usually, the the biggest problem is you, so you have some kind of like design or something you want to try different typefaces out, and you, there's no way to to try them actually in context. So. A lot, of, like what I've done a couple times is when working on web stuff is um, I'll just 
change my like change the typeface all the time because it's nice you can you can lay out all the content of a page and then just like swap in different typefaces like in a flash and kind of like see what's feeling right and what what looks good there are also some other kind of cool tools though they're like um font shop has this one tool where it's like a photoshop plugin and it lets you um it lets you test their entire library which is like just like an outrageous amount of fonts in your like in your Photoshop designs, and it, it like bitmaps the font, so you have to be at like a hundred percent, or else you'll see that it's blurry and stuff. But um, you can like you can try anything, which is actually quite amazing. There are some other services too, like Skyfont or something like that. I think which which lets you kind of like use typefaces in a bit of a like a kind of like temporarily, and then pay for them or something. Um, so I'll do things like that, or like just taking like screen like you know on like the like type tester pages that foundries often have and stuff like i'll do like a write out the words i need screenshot it maybe like magic wand tool the letters so i can like get it on the right color and a whole bunch of crazy stuff like that um which just seems kind of insane but yeah you know it i mean it's it's, it's sometimes it's the only way to do it right to get it in your actual mock-up i always have to see it in place i think often seeing it online or you know, seeing the whole character set doesn't totally do it for me. I have to see the headline and body text of what I'm actually working with in that typeface. With the next.fontshop website, one of the things we wanted to do was um, build some nice, like, tryout functionality. So they, they did that. Um, it was, diff like, other people working on it after I left. Um, Mike Smart and Katarina Brickenbach and a bunch of other people. But they built this like super super awesome tryout page and then you can share this with like your friends you can like bounce back and forth like send them a link so it'll save like you can add like a background image like write text on it change the size and color and everything you can like it looks like a nice like home page header or something if you you know if you put a little bit of time into it and you can like share this link with other people and they can like edit it and share it back to you it's like it's kind of crazy it's, it's really awesome so I would definitely check that out um, but that's that's also been like I think a nice tool to kind of play around with the type a little bit before you buy it or try it out or like decide that like this is the type for your project. When you're using typefaces on the web, I guess you're using um, at font face, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how do you apply at font faces? Um, do you use extends for it? Yeah, so I um, usually I I do like a. I'll do a, like a mix in for headings or something, and then um, so in your in your SAS document you can just say like, you know the the mix ins are you know equals heading bold and then I have font weight seven hundred equals heading light font weight one hundred or whatever and then uh, whenever you're you know let like when I have a then I have a typography .sas file where I have you know headline large. And then I can say like, okay, all headlines large are also, you know, headline bold with the mixin, and that'll. So I can also put you know a bunch of properties on that mixin, and then just add them in here and there where I need them, stuff like that. I think you could also use extends for this use case. Mm, yeah, you can. Um, so I have typically used extends more for like I make a like a component that I can reuse everywhere, but then I want to modify it. To have a max width or something, then I'll I'll make a new class, extend that module, and then put the max width properties on it. 
How do you pair typefaces? Do you have a process? Can you recommend some resources? Do you have any guidelines? Stuff like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I pair typefaces. Yeah, again, it's uh, it always seems to be some kind of feeling of what looks right or you know what era is this type from and and often I'll try to use like I will try not to use like two sans serifs together or two serifs together I mean somehow it always maybe it's a personal thing but somehow it feels better if it's just one like one sans serif and one serif or one slab serif and a sans serif you know something to kind of give some contrast between the two I find when it's all just like all sans serifs, it maybe looks a bit. Mm, I don't know. It might be okay if you're using one typeface. It usually is, but I feel like if you're using multiple typeface, like multiple typefaces of the same kind of genre of typeface, it's a bit odd. It just never look, never feels like it looks right. It's not distinctive enough, right? Yeah, exactly. So there's also this um, really actually pretty good resource called. It's part of the Font Shop blog or Font Font blog, and it's called Great Pairs. Yeah, it's on the font shop blog. They have just great pairs, two typefaces that go well together. Um, and then they have like examples of using them together and stuff. It's pretty good, actually. I think that's like a nice place to get. You know, like they're, they're also like super involved in this world and like have, you know, talented people to kind of contribute to this stuff. Do you like that iOS is using Helvetica? I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. Yeah, you know, it's a system default. It's Helvetica. I, you're not supposed to like it, right? You're not supposed to have an opinion about it. It should just be, it's just, it's just there. It's not perfect, but there's something about it that I don't, I don't dislike. I, I like that it doesn't call attention to itself, that it doesn't give, it, well, it feels like an Apple interface. It's not, like the type has no personality whatsoever. And I think actually this is a nice area to have type with no personality. For example, I was I was on a, a bus about a month ago, and I looked over my shoulder, and there was a guy, a business guy, using a BlackBerry phone, and I thought, you know, that's so typical. Like these business guys always want to use a BlackBerry because it looks like you're a business person or some something like it has some weird connotation. Yeah. And uh, and I looked at the the font, and he had changed the like you could change the whole system font on these phones. I think you could do it on lots of Android phones as well. He changed it to some like curly flowery typeface and I just thought like firstly this is insanely ironic because you want to like from the outside look like it's like you're this business guy you're like doing an important like you know calls on your Blackberry but then you've changed the entire typeface to be like the entire UI to be like curly and flowery um, but then it got me thinking like if, if actual UI like why would they let anyone change that it, it changes the whole dynamic of the phone right it all this all of a sudden it's completely difficult to use and it and it feels like a like a like a child's phone or like mm -hmm. it feels like a, some kind of toy like all of a sudden it has a personality it's you know you look at it and you you feel a certain way but when it's when it's helvetica it's it's nothing it's just cool that's you know like this button says settings must go to settings mm -hmm.